everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shred's Takes. I'm your host, Mike Shredder, and I am honored to be joined by two special guests, uh, graduated seniors at Amherst College, Eric Salou and Josh Cherry. Boys, how are we doing? Thanks for having us, Shred. Yeah, so uh, you know, I think we just get right, right into it. Um, some of the topics uh, we're going to talk about today is uh, the importance of being a Division three athlete and just like, you know, the misconceptions and you know why these athletes sometimes don't get as much respect as they deserve and then who you guys also believe is the greatest athlete of today's generation um i think these topics are just interesting stuff so i guess we'll start with the division three athletes so you guys want who wants to chime in and uh talk about what they think about why it's important to be a division three athlete and some misconceptions about that well you want to go first or what's the take take it away young chihuahua um so misconceptions. Well, like, well, first things first. I feel like pretty, well, especially at Amherst, it's pretty difficult being a, a student athlete and just having, just finding the, the right balance for everything, for like all our schoolwork and just like, and as an athlete, you want to be as good as you can be and just you know, just finding time to get in the gym and grind and whatnot. So. That's that in itself is just a very delicate balance. I mean, with Division Three, like we, our summers, like we go out and find jobs. <laughs> like, like we're working in the summer typically, so it's like you have school, basketball, and you're doing all these interviews, and then like when summertime rolls, you you're working, and then you still want to work out as well. So it's like, uh, it, it, the grind is definitely different. Division three level, and um, I don't know, needless to say, it's just like it's it's difficult at times. And although it's not like it's not the same as Division one, but like it just I just feel like Division three gets you like really prepared for life, to say the least. So that's my uh, it's one of those spiel. And also, also I think that um, some Division three players feel not like a lot of people on our team feel not be one. Like, people on our team had offers and whatnot, so I don't think, like, like obviously the skills there, but we, some people just decide for the education, and, you know, specifically for Amherst, like, the education just, just is, high, not, is, is higher, higher on their uh, priorities than, you know, just going to Division One. so that's, hmm. yeah. Eric? Yeah, I think like what draws people to division three is that you get a chance especially at an amherst or a williams you get a chance to or any any mezcat for that matter like a chance to win a national championship i think at you know a lot of us were obviously looking into ivy league schools and patriot league schools in high school and like it's obviously a lot harder for those teams to make a run at a national championship so it's definitely a unique opportunity um, going to amherst but I think overall division three athletes don't get enough respect and like i hate when people are like compared to high school sports because division three is like people don't understand the amount of like time we still put in in the off season and how much of a time commitment it is in season two so i think it's getting better people are giving division three athletes more respect i think part of it is like things like the TBT tournament where, you know, there's the We Are D3 team, like, sort of putting respect on, on um, for, for Division three athletes. So I think the respect is growing, and it's I think it's totally well-deserved. 
Yeah, I mean, I think just another thing that I'll bring along to that too is just the talent that's gotten into Division three sports has gradually got better too over time because I think that going along with what both of you guys said that more of the top-notch athletes are looking to go Ivy League or Division three go to those top-notch academic schools and athletic schools just because they want uh, a really good education as well as the athletics that go around it. That's, a, that's why, like, you know, the conference, like, the NETSCAC is so talented with whatever sport you kind of look at. You know, you're, you're looking at, like, lacrosse or football or soccer. You know, those guys could definitely be playing at a Division One school like Princeton or whatever or, you know, Dartmouth or whatever like that. But then they're just they're going there because they know they have a good – maybe a better shot to play and they have a better shot to compete again for a national championship. A lot of times, too, it just comes down to where they think they're going to have the best chance to win and best chance to play. Um, and I think that's just an interesting thing there, too. Um, I guess, like, another thing I wanted to go along with that, too, is, like, you know, since you guys were Amherst basketball players, um, like, what did Amherst basketball mean to you guys specifically? Um, and I guess, like, why do you think Amherst basketball has got so much – more respect as a school or that's a school that maybe some other people maybe like don't understand it to be um like that but like kind of like why is Amherst basketball just so, so important to you and like you know how much respect do you people need to put on Amherst basketball in the future in a sense I think uh you know Amherst is one of was one of the first teams in the NESCAC I think like it was the, what was the little three right it was Wesleyan, Amherst, and Williams were the first three teams in the in the league. So I think it's like sort of building that Amherst sort of built this program um, and starts with like the coaches, like Coach Hickson. I think he, you know, being here for 42 years and having all the success he's created, um, you know, a, a winning program. And I think that's like a major reason why Amherst is so respected amongst Division three teams, even even amongst all like college basketball teams, I feel like Amherst is you know well respected mm -hmm. in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it definitely starts with uh, with Hickson because he he like put his heart and soul into this program and like I don't know like definitely I remember he was telling stories about how, like when he first started out like we just weren't. We just weren't that good, athletes. <laughs> but you know, it's over time, just like cultivated the program by just like demands respect whenever you step on the court. Which is like, I mean, like you see it, like every, whenever whenever someone plays us, they just like they they play at their best. Like there's they leave nothing on the table because of the name on our jersey. So, and I mean, it's it's definitely a privilege to play for Amherst, and you know, to understand the. Oh, the entirety of the Amherst basketball legacy to just just be to be grateful for everything, you know. Yeah, I think one other thing I'm gonna add to that too is, you know, obviously you guys played there for four years. I've only been here for two, but the one thing I noticed is that the the recruit demand for schools like Amherst and Williams is so high, in the sense of that, you know, they that you get you're getting the top recruits to those schools because of the fact of like the name and the legacies that the coaches there have left. So, you know, obviously Coach After, really good coach at Williams, but, you know, they, they had Coach Maker before him who was a really good coach, and now you have, like, you know, Hickson's retired, but having that kind of name attached to that school is definitely going to create always just, like, the sense of, like, recruits wanting to go to those schools because they know that the, the coaching is going to be good there, and they also know that 
the players that they're going to be playing against, not only the amateurs, but the teams they'll be playing against, are always going to be geared up and ready to go and always w- working hard to try and be the best they can be in a sense. But I think that's just like an interesting thing with all Division three sports in general is that while you don't have necessarily, you know, the, the job-like atmosphere like a Division one school has, you do have a big time commitment, and especially at Amherst, I've noticed that like you know they, they take their athletics super seriously um, compared to maybe other schools I've been to, and even just like you know, yeah, like, that's just kind of how I look at it. Like even the basketball program, and it's just like how it is. So um, obviously, just yeah, I think that's just like an interesting thing to bring up about it. Just that the dedication that the athletic department plays to Amherst sports in general is just crazy, and that's I think also why. You know, you can thank Hickson for, you know, making that possible in a sense with the Jim Report for years here for that program. Um, but now I think the program I think the program could 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 help the boys out and get us a better locker room though, you know. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very, very true. <laughs> that nice scoreboard would get it nice locker room. <laughs> yeah. Also also I do wanna add that like so speaking of Amherst, it was just like it was just I don't know, I felt it this pressure's just like to just excel outside of the sport as well. Like there's so many athletes that like go into like that go into a like Wall Street and just investing in, in banking and, and stuff like that. It's like it's like, yo, what are you doing with your time? <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's like it's actually like crazy. It's like is it like my group like our group of friends, like they're all they're all going into banking. Like, they're just, you know, just investment guys. And so, I don't know, I don't know it's, it's just, Amherst is just, like, a really smart school, and people just have their stuff together. So, it's a, it, it's, it's more than just basketball at Amherst. So. Yeah. But I also think it's, it's, it's cool, what's cool about Amherst is that you can be, like, a random major, like a classics major, or, like, a, any any major, any random major, and it's really about, you know, Amherst develops, you know, like a way of thinking. I think that's what, like, they teach us in our four years to, you know, obviously think critically, but like you said, it's not really, I mean, some people go into finance, but like, really, just, it's about just the mindset they, they instill in, in their students, I feel like is awesome. Yeah, that's something I could definitely attest to. Um, I, like I've taken some really challenging writing courses at Amherst, and you know, like, like for my for my career path, I'm looking either at like sports broadcasting or, you know, if I go into like you know some sort of like business, something related with sports and somewhat. But the fact is, like, I'm a psychology major, which doesn't really fit that well into both of those fields. But the fact of like they're teaching you skills that will help you in those jobs is like what I think Amherst is really helpful for, you know, be teaching you how to, you know, write and think critically or how to analyze data and make arguments based off that and that kind of stuff. And also just being able to talk about different issues and bringing people together from all these different communities, I think is just something that you don't necessarily see at every college. And that's also because when they look at athletics too, they're trying to make you more than just an athlete and making you, you know, be able to converse with your student body in a sense that you know, I think especially like a Division One school, it's just harder to do because at Division One school, especially the high level, you're just spending all your time either staring at a book or you're playing your sport, um, and that's just a lot of times you don't have a chance to maybe talk about different things with the, the student body, get to know people and understand maybe their story. So I think a school like Amherst is definitely 
really well known for, but also I think that's just a great experience for many athletes to go for because in life you're going to have to deal with people that are not always like you, and I think that's something that Anders has done well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Just to switch gears a little bit, uh, you know, obviously this is a, you know, a, 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 on this podcast I, I love to have debates about certain kind of topics and players, and um, one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is, you know, obviously you hear about the, the GOAT within basketball, like who the greatest of t- all time is there, but I think something that doesn't get talked about enough is who's the greatest athlete of like today's generation so you know like you can there's a whole list of choose from but like you know like like some guys i've seen for example um or like you know roger federer or lebron or you know cristiano ronaldo or uh serena williams and stuff like that um i was wondering if, if you guys have any opinions like who you think are stuff like you know you can even list like your top five or whatever but who are you know athletes that you think are the greatest of this generation and maybe yeah and like why you believe that i think I don't know, I feel like this is just a hard, hard question without, like, like, what does it mean? Like, what is, like, can we define athleticism, like, before making our list? Yeah. Because, like, we, we, we get into arguments with, like, our track friends, and, you know, they think the best athlete in the world is Ashton Eaton because, you know, he is, he's, like, decathlete, right? He's, like, the best decathlete yeah. in the world, yeah. but, you know, it's hard. Yeah, so, like, like, you know, obviously, you know, basically, the way, I guess, yeah, if you're, if you're talking athlete in terms of, like, you know, maybe they're just, like, their raw athletic talent and maybe not what they've accomplished, um, then that's the way you want to define it, and there's obviously a different way you can go with it, but the way I define it mostly is having great athletic talent and then having, like, you're, like and then you purely just dominate your sport more than anyone else did. Um, so, like, for example, the greatest athlete, in my opinion, is Serena Williams because she completely dominated and transformed women's tennis more so than any other athlete. And she was just, you know, just physically more imposing. She, you know, was just way more athletic than a lot of the players she was going against, uh, just worked harder and, you know, was just genetically gifted uh, they, that, you know, a lot of the players that were in tennis just didn't have. Um, and, you know, she she's won 24 Grand Slam titles, which is absurd and the fact that you know she is also just like it's not just you know just the skill level she just has incredible athleticism along with it but i don't know how you guys define athleticism i mean obviously there might be different definitions because yeah i mean based on what your track friend says like that's definitely a a really you know good argument but i don't know like you guys can take that away but that's who i think it is but i thought i think serena but if you guys have different definitions of athleticism go ahead well, yeah, we, whenever we talk, like, got into these arguments, it was like, well, if you put, like, Ashton Eaton, if you have him train and, say, train, have him train basketball for a month and see how he does compared to, say, LeBron training for, like, a 100 meter, just, like, I don't know, that, that's sort of, like, the, the path we went with that argument. But I was sort of on the side that I think LeBron is, like, more of a – Example is is a better example of just the more of a dominant athlete within his sport. Just you know, like he sees a guy like Kelly Olynyk on him, like he 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 will back the he will dribble the ball back to half court and then just blow right by him and add one. It's just like you don't see that <laughs> very often. I mean, that, that's just one example of dunk, but I mean, he's just superior in, in, in basketball. Um, well, for me, I'm kind of a, uh, kind of a Cristiano stan. Uh, I'm 
be Christian over Messi all day of the week. Because <laughs> he's just like, it's a hot take. Yo, you, you have you, if you see the, if you see him play, if, if you watch him throughout his career, like, like it is insane, like the stuff he does on, on the field, like, like I remember. Bro, but uh, Messi has that ball on a string. Yeah, he he does, he does. That's that's, that's it, like, and Messi's skill is unmatched. It's legendary. It's, it's like, like his skill is just top notch, of course, but like. As an athlete, Cristiano is just... I don't know if you saw his header, like, his... How, how high he jumped on his header, like, like a couple months ago. Uh, have you seen that video? No, I actually haven't. <laughs> I will literally send you his header. It is, like... It is crazy how high he got up, and this man is 35 years old, and he's just... Like, the, he puts as much, as much like, investment... He, like... You know how LeBron, like, spends, like, over a million dollars on his body each offseason? Yeah. Cristiano's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like, so he understands how important his body is, and he just, even now, he just, he just appears to be, like, still in his prime as, like, LeBron is, and it's just, it's, it's just fascinating to watch, but I'm sending you guys both the headers, because it is just, like, it is insane. This, this man just... Yeah, I think that's actually an interesting argument because I actually heard someone, um, I think it was on Get Up, I believe, who talked about how he thought Cristiano was the greatest soccer player too, and he talked about how he, how he won in three different countries, and saying that how Messi hasn't done that um, is, and also the fact that he like you know has Messi hasn't won with his national team in anything like that like meant a lot. Like, in terms of World Cup or, you know, regional, like, tournaments or whatever. Like, you know, in the sense of, like, the Euro the Euro League and how Ronaldo won that with Portugal, I believe, one year. Um, and that, like, I, I, I still think Messi's the greatest uh, soccer player, but I also don't have a cr- crazy soccer knowledge to be, like, giving you, like, a full-length argument. I just think that when I watched Messi and watched Ronaldo, I just, I, it's just, like, the eye test. I thought that Messi was better, but... Ronaldo is still like in his prime at thirty five, which is pretty Yo, unbelievable. I I don't know if you saw the World the World Cup in twenty eighteen when Portugal played against Spain. I was just this this man this man Ronaldo just took over and he ended up tying with with Spain in the in the group stages. But it was just like yeah. it, was, it was just a legendary performance. I was like, Yo, this man is just his time his time is undeniable. But watch this video. I'll just send you guys the video. Just look at it. It's crazy. Yeah. Also, you, you, you can argue that Cristiano Ronaldo is, uh, well, I mean, top five most handsome men in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> but um, I think another one that we could talk about is Floyd Mayweather. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very like, true. He, yeah, I forgot. He, about just, he just wins fights. And, it's, and also, his it's train record is unbelievable. I mean, like, yeah. I, I watched what he did in the autism one time to prepare. Oh, yeah, prepare for the Pacquiao fight. This man's like forty something years old, and he just he just goes in and just like you know the thing big thing with him too when he fights he's a really good defensive fighter that's like what he's known for like really like using your you know momentum and stuff against you um and yeah like watching the way he just trains is ridiculous you could also make an argument that Mike you know like that you know like, like you look at a guy like you know Floyd and you know he got like inspired from guys you can say like Mike Tyson like have you seen Mike Tyson recently and uh, oh my god him I, training I am I am so afraid of that man Mike Tyson bro <laughs> yo imagine he 
accidentally bumps a Mike Tyson when you're just in the middle of the street, and like that's not good. You don't want that. <laughs> don't want those problems. Yo, but he still he still has hands. It's crazy. Oh, I also, know. Also, you put you pull up you pull up to his crib, and he just probably has a tiger in his ass. <laughs> Yo, but the thing the thing with Floyd Mayweather, I've always said this or and thought this, so like in his prime, he I think he'd be able to dodge a bullet. Like his, I think his reflexes are that are that fast. So I think he'd be able to dodge like not not multiple bullets, just one single bullet. I think he'd be dodge. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like you know, which, have you not? You've seen him fight. Like it's crazy. Like, he does not get touched. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, a, a, a bullet. A bullet's a, little, <laughs> a bullet's a hot take. No, I'm I'm that that thing is moving so fast, man. <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, I mean that, that's that's one dude you definitely don't want to mess with in the street. <laughs> you know, when he got fights. Yo, like you understand, like like he, you understand, like boxers, like typically they get a lot of like head trauma and just like just concussions. And he's like, no, nah, like, I'm gonna avoid all that and make my money and just still be in like great health. So it's like he's just yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, the, I mean, he rarely gets touched. I mean, you know, there's a reason why he's been undefeated his entire career. And the funny thing is, like. I loved how one time he was like, I remember him and Brian Kenny, one of these ESPN boxing analyst guys, were like having like an argument. It's like, it's like a pretty famous like you know heated interview, whatever on ESPN. It was like from like eight or something years ago, and Floyd's like, you know, he's like, I'm still the best. Like, there's no one who can take me out. And Brian's like, you're retired for two years. It's like he's like, I don't care. I'll just come back in and beat the guy anyway. It's like he's like, I'm retired. Doesn't mean anything. He's like, I'm still training. He's like, he can't hit me. That's so cocky, but I also respect that. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, that, that's one thing about Floyd. Floyd is probably one of the more cocky athletes I've ever like seen. Just in the sense, like he just he knows how good he is, but he also like, like you know he like lets you know about it, um, which I think is you know obviously that he has supreme confidence in that kind of stuff. But it's just it's crazy that he'll like do that, and and then like same thing like a guy like Conor McGregor, like they'll just like talk all this like junk to some of the people, and then they just they just go and still win the fight, and the guy like is definitely pissed off the fact that he just like talking all this stuff about him. Um, but Conor McGregor lost his fight, so... Oh, true, true. Like, no, true. Like, again, like... Well, he can talk that talk, because yeah. he he's undefeated. Yeah. He, I watched McGregor get knocked out, bro. Oh, I know. And, but, yeah, and the thing is, McGregor would still talk afterwards. Like, uh, was, can, y'all, can y'all watch this Cristiano video? Because I've been watching it, and it's actually just, like... It's crazy. Like, go go to go to a minute... Go to, yeah, go to, like, the minute mark, and, like, you'll see how high... Oh, jeez. Like, <laughs> It's insane. Wow. Like, look at that. Oh, so this is this is young or young Cristiano? No, this is this is from this is from December. <laughs> so he's thirty four in this, but like. No, yeah, that, that's it's still for a soccer player. That's old, you know. And the fact that he's doing really that that like doing that is unbelievable. There is no doubt that is an incredibly athletic boy. Like, he, he nearly <laughs> jumps. He nearly jumps over this. He does jump over this man. No, and, and the ball, he, he like the he jumps over the ball in the air, and then he, like, when he comes down, that's when he's like, that's when he strikes the ball. He's coming down. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is, I I think overall like, this question is just hard to like because again, if you're looking at pure dominance of the sport, there's like so many different ways you can go with it. But yeah, I mean like like Christian Ronaldo has to be one of the more athletic players to ever play a sport. Like if you look at that, he's 35 and he's getting up like higher than the goalposts. It's, it's crazy. 
imagine if you imagine if you just caught that guy how to play basketball, just like how good his footwork is and stuff. Like you'd probably be able to figure it out pretty quickly. <laughs> and y'all, I even want to talk about this man's basketball kick like two years. Was it two years ago? Yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, I think it was two years ago. I, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Serena's just—I'm still—I'm still just on that Serena train, dude. That—that that lady was just—is just like one of the more athletic, dominant, imposing athletes I've ever seen. Like play any sport. She just like when she goes on, like she instills fear into that other opponent. Like that opponent just knows they have no chance. <laughs> when she was in her prime, I mean, like, like when she was like in her strictly her prime, like like there would be like opponents who just like knew they were gonna lose just because this girl like, is more athletic and just better skilled than they ever will be in tennis. And also, she just like screams at you like so loud. <laughs> She's like hitting the ball. Like, like that must be intimidating too, in its own sense. But is Serena is Serena out of her prime right now? Like, is she significantly? Is she still winning though? Like she she uh, it's like she's she does win, but it's like more inconsistent. She's not ranked as high as she used to be. Um, yeah, like she was like you know obviously world number one for so long, and now like the last like two or three years, she hasn't. Cause she had like a baby, I believe, and then she came back, and she's just like still been working through that. Um, and I think, yeah, she's been all, yeah. So like, it's just, yeah. I think there's also just like that whole situation there too. But I mean, just in her, in her strictly her prime, like I just I've never seen an athlete like that great. I mean, LeBron, you could definitely make an argument for him too, obviously, because you know he just is just ridiculous. The fact that you're six eight, six nine, like two sixty, and you move like that. I mean. I mean, I'm like six seven, six eight, two thirty five, and I, you know, wish I could move like that. <laughs> he's he's like twenty five pounds heavier than me, and you know, two inches, you know, an inch and a half, two inches taller than me, and just just runs like the wind and just dunks on people. Well, yeah. that's why you got a whole summer to you know be like him, Shrek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm not, that, that that's genetics and, and training. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I mean, no one's just back backed out to the half court on like when we got like you know Al Horford's guarding, <laughs> just blow right by him and score. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, Al, do you do you talk about Serena? She's obviously the greatest women's basketball player of all time. She might and whatnot, but um, yeah, I, she she's not winning as as much I think, and like there's also um on come up uh what's her name uh Naomi. Naomi Osaka. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She's yeah. A yeah. Beast. She's yeah. A yeah. She, yeah. She's, un- she's unbelievable. Girl. She's unbelievable. So it's like she. I don't know. It, it, I think she's definitely taking some of the glory away from Serena at this stage of her career. But obviously, Serena's just the greatest of all time. So it's like. Yeah. Some people. Bro, these, yeah. Some people some argue. Ten- oh, sorry. No, you go ahead, Sue. My bad. I was gonna say these tennis players. I mean, they they're just starting so young. Like they got a racket in their hand. Like. Literally, right when they come out of the womb. I mean, it's like, <laughs> bro, that's yo, you know, that's literally, that's literally soccer in Europe too, bro. Like, it's, yeah. it's, these academies are like just machines. Yeah, a, a buddy of mine was like, he, I mean, he plays at Princeton, but he was like, he was playing in like academy soccer. I mean, it's, it's obviously a little, a lot, a lot different in Europe, but sense of like, yeah, he was playing in academy when he was like five years old, and he's like starting at Princeton now as like a, he started as a freshman there at Princeton, but he's just. He's like in like the New York Red Bulls like academy playing as like seventeen year olds when he was in eighth grade. <laughs> <It's just laughs> and, 
And it's like, like that, that. That's how like a lot of these athletes also get good. It's just because if they have the right training system, but also like the competition. Sometimes these guys play against like they just naturally build like this like crazy competitive atmosphere too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. I mean, it's it's just. I guess when I look at like athletes overall, it's like you know if you're talking about who like the the most do- like the greatest player in any sport is like that's a little different because you can put guys like Tom Brady in that argument and Tom Brady's definitely not one of the greatest athletes because even though Tom Brady like takes up his body a lot like he's not the most mobile quarterback or anything like that but you know he's the greatest you know cor- football maybe arguably the greatest football player to ever play right so it's just it's like a, it's a weird kind of dynamic. Um, yeah. One thing I want to touch on quickly actually is. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's, like, the whole LeBron-Jordan debate. But everyone – no one really talks about Montana versus Brady. And I find that, like, even though, like, Brady, I think, is better. Like, you never hear anyone ever talk about it. And, you know, because Montana was considered the, the greatest of all time before Brady came up. And then, like, as soon as Brady just, like, wins, like, you know, five, four championships, like, oh, the argument's over. There's just there's, – there, there's no debate any, anymore. Like, you know, because like, Montana was perfect in the Super Bowls. And Brady, I think, is, what, 6-2, and two, right? He's won six. He's won six. Six yeah. and three. Six, six and three off the Eagles, right. But, yeah, he's been to nine Super Bowls. But, like, it's kind of like, yeah, a sense of, like, you know, Montana, you know, what I think was, was it four and oh? Yeah, four and oh. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you guys thought about that. That's the last thing I want to talk about. It's just like, yo, why does that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, I think in general, people, especially from the DPMV, uh, they, <laughs> love, they love to hate Tom Brady and the Patriots, but, and they say he's a system quarterback, but, I mean, there's no denying that he's solidified himself as like a, a great, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not the greatest. Yeah. But again, I I didn't watch Montana, so like, I don't have like enough information to compare the two. I mean, obviously I'm biased, so I'm gonna say Brady is the greatest. But mm-hmm. I also think it it depends on how well he does with his fucking team, because they have like their offense is stacked this year and. It'll be interesting to see like how well they do in the Buccaneer system, like Brady and Gronk, and I think it will it will either it, it will close all the art, the debates over whether Tom Brady's a system quarterback because I think they're still I think the Bucs are going to be really good this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so my I think I think the big like well, there's not really a debate because like I. Because, like, Jordan, he he affected, like, the culture. Like, he, like, he put, he he expanded the NBA, he helped expand the NBA to, like, the international markets. Like, people today still wear Jordans. Like, I literally, I literally bought a pair of Jordans, like, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> like, it's just, you can't escape, you, you can't escape, like, like, black culture, like, hip-hop culture without, like, Jordan being present, you know? And, like, like Joe Montana doesn't have that, I don't know, yeah, I mean, I'm just me speaking personally, like, Joe Montana, like, I know Joe Montana, I know of him, I know, like, his impact and all that stuff, like, he just, he, the impact that, that Jordan had compared to Joe Montana is just not, like, comparable whatsoever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's why I feel like his name has, does not have as much staying power as Jordan's does. Right. That makes, yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, it's like you're, you're typical, like, a, like a person who's not, like, a like a, like a huge NFL fan may or may not know about Joe Montana, but, like, if you're just a casual 
like a casual person walking down the street will know about Michael Jordan. Like, like Michael Jordan, the athlete, has like exceeded, exceeded. Uh, um, he has transcended, transcended the sport of basketball. Just yeah. like he's entity, this like godlike entity. And so, like Joe Montana, just has never reached that echelon. So it's like, that's why I feel like he's he's not forgotten, but like he's just not as prevalent in the bigs as. Plus, this man does not have a last day of soccer memory, so it's, you know. <laughs> yeah, the one thing I'm actually very interested for, actually, this is one thing I think the reason why LeBron and Jordan get debated more is because the fact that they both have made, like, huge impacts to the NBA and the culture around them, right? And, like, they're, they're just such, like, you know, like, any kind of fan is going to know who LeBron James is, James is, even in, like, even people who don't know basketball, like, they're like, yeah, 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 th- yeah, yeah they're like, you're like, yeah, there's a guy LeBron. I'm like, that they, like, you know. <laughs> Like, and I asked them, oh, you know this guy? And, like, they're like, no, I have no idea who that is. But, like, they, everyone knows who LeBron is because LeBron also does other – like, like Jordan, he did other things outside of basketball that just, like, transcended the sport and just transcended an athlete's platform in sports. Um, like, Brady's the same way. Like, Brady, the reason why I think he gets, you know, regarded as the best because, like, he also developed, like, such a platform too um, that Montana obviously hasn't developed um, just because Montana was kind of just, like, more reserved. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I think it's just interesting overall, but – yeah, I think I think this is a good chat, uh, good spot to wrap it up. But you know, guys, thanks for being on. Um, you know, it's good talking to you guys. Um, hope, hope to have you guys on again. You guys are always welcome guests back on again. So. Um, of course, of course. Sorry for uh, not, sorry for not waking up early enough. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, but yeah. Appreciate it, Shrek. Yeah, thanks.